0: You found your way back to making sense of pets, the podcast. We're your hosts,
1: veterinary technician Angela Ilya,
0: and I'm Becky Moser. Cause no what? Ryan again. Still, still, still with the he's hillbilly. alive. He is alive. We did do a life check today. Yep. He's miserable, but he's getting better, and he thinks he'll be back on Monday for... He our sounds too
1: hideous for radio. He can't be on today.
0: <laughs> it's to protect his, his <laughs> reputation. But today, instead, we've got oops, an oops, amazing, oops, brilliant, oops. fun... I, I mean, I could go on all day... Dr. Liz Bales, you guys know her as Doc and Phoebes, and she's here to talk to us all about how we're feeding cats wrong and how we can do it better. Dr. Liz, thank you so, so, so much for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm here to judge and criticize right Woo-hoo! out of the gate.
0: Please. Yes, that's our good favorite. Ah,
2: we want to, this is
0: America. We want to be judged and criticized <laughs> and corrected. Break us down and then build us up.
2: If you're not being humiliated, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, no, and actually, I'm totally not about that. I'm really about when you know better, you do better. And um, my whole life, I thought you put a bowl down and you have a litter box next to it with some water, and then you're like the best cat mom ever. Then I went to vet school, and I I started hearing that cats shouldn't be eating from bowls from um, Dr. Karen Overall, who is one of the founders of behavior. And I was like, but wait, every cat's eating from a bowl. So like, if we really know that this isn't right, why is everyone doing it wrong? Right,
0: right. And being told to do it wrong, right? Like expertise everywhere says, here's what you need.
2: It's really it's really weird. So there's this, you know, community of researchers and academics who uncover amazing information, but then there's this huge gap from how that proven scientific information becomes a part of a new way of thinking. And that turns out to be really, really hard. That is a mountain to climb.
0: When I think about um the the access that we have to doing better, um i it's sort of limited in for right now, in my opinion, um, and I think the expertise isn't there. So I guess just like start us off with the baseline. What are we doing wrong so So break us down and tell us why is it the bowl is not okay?
2: So here's the super simple version. Cats are really not domesticated. Cats co-evolved with humans and their needs are really, really different than what we think that they are. But they adapt kind of a little bit well enough that and they don't show their feelings to us in ways that we understand. So they're kind of like not the squeaky wheel. So we're like, okay, the ball's fine, but it's so not fine. And here's why. In nature, a cat will choose to hunt catch, play, and eat 8 to 12 mice every single day. So their body is hardwired to have this incredible predatory burst, followed by a tiny meal the size of a ping pong ball, multiple times a day, mostly at dawn and dusk. So it is not just nutritional, but metabolic and behavioral and it ties into so many things. And then we think about what people don't like about cats. Um, They pee and poop outside the litter box. They gobble up their food and throw it up. They'll wake you up at four or five in the morning to be fed. They can be aggressive, destructive. When we break it down, a lot of those things happen because we are not meeting that incredible need to hunt, catch, play, and eat multiple times a day.
0: Well, so number one, it makes a lot of sense. Cats domesticated themselves, right? Like, because cats do what they want. <laughs> and so um, it it makes sense that they basically just started cohabitating with us because we had things that attracted their resources, right? So people had grain and they had food. And so, you know, mice, moles, things like that started to kind of be attracted. And these cats were like, oh, perfect. Here's a source of food. We'll all start kind of hanging out together, right? So you're right in that kind of sense that like all of a sudden the progression was from that to the Garfield mindset of like, here's your lasagna, your bed and your blanket,
2: right? Yeah. And 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 they're, they're again, behavioral and metabolic needs, not just nutritional didn't change so most cats not every cat and i'm not asking you to try this but most cats if you open the door and put them out and never let them back in would figure it out and be fine and would go back to hunting multiple small meals a day um, well, th-
0: think about it even at, like a couple weeks old they're hunting right there you, you we giggle and we laugh because it's really cute because they're emulating that big cat behavior and then we look and we see like big cats in the wild do the same thing so we see it and we talk about it and we actually think it's cute but we don't realize how
2: like this is completely enrichment and need-based and and one of the most amazing i'm just fascinated with cats endlessly they're one of the only species that will hunt in the absence of hunger you know lots of people have indoor outdoor cats that get fed plenty Yeah, yeah but they'll go out and kill animals and Bring them on your doorstep not to be eaten but to be shown so what what the thinking is if you have to hunt catch and play with multiple small meals a day to eat then you're hardwired to get as many as you can and then come back and eat them instead of like bringing down you know a baby deer that you can go back and munch on at your convenience so their mindset is always I better hunt, I better hunt, I better hunt, I better hunt, even if that's not like logically or rationally connected to, oh, now I eat or I'm full, so I don't need to hunt. Like that's how strong the drive is. That makes so, so much
0: sense, right? That they, they're, we see them just see something like it's so easy to catch our cat's eye at any point in time and engage them their pupils immediately dilate, right? Like they are like you turn the laser on any point of day no matter what your cat is doing mm-hmm. if that's their jam and you have an instantly engaged cat no matter what.
2: So like they're si- they're really yeah. sitting around waiting to hunt and because right. cats don't show emotion the way that people perceive emotion We, we really, they're so freaking cute. We're like, oh, that's like a glorified stuffed animal. And, you know, I wouldn't want to make my cat work for its food. And like, we put all of these (laughs) um, ideas that are actually very human ideas onto them because they're not giving us expressions that we understand. And we're really wrong. A lot of the time I say that cats are like that friend that you have, that's mad at you. And then you're like, what, what? what I do? And the cat's like, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and that really is true. We you're have to end
0: aggressive of, of house pets.
2: <laughs> right. So we like, if you're, my lab is upset about something like there's, I'm, he's not going to stay upset long because he will show me in a way that I can understand pretty quickly how to fix it. But cats just aren't like that. So it's really our job to not presume what they need, but to go figure it out and give it to them, even if they're not explaining it to you. Don't wait till they're throwing up. Don't wait until they're peeing on your pillow.
1: So I, so what do we do? I feel like my cat, oh my gosh, if you can hear that noise in the background, that's actually my cat opening the door. Um, he's <laughs> like a huge locked Nor, Norwegian force cat. He's actually locked in. And so he's like really upset right now. So he's, he's actually very good at telling me that he's pissed off. Oops. I mean, upset. (laughs) Sorry. You have to edit that
2: out. (laughs) So, you know, um, this is what changed my life. So I had been a vet for 14 years and I'm like a bleeding heart person. I just can't help it. Like I did this to literally save lives and change the world. Um, which I think is to a lot of people like, Oh, that's nice. Um, but, uh, in, um, 2014, I went to a conference for continuing ed and we learned all this stuff, but we learned it as it pertained to disease processes. So what does this have to do with diabetes? What does this have to do with lower urinary tract disease? What does this have to do with inflammatory bowel disease? And it kept coming up over and over and over and uh, hunt, catch, play, multiple small meals a day. It's that simple, but it plays into not only most of the disease processes that we see in cats, but also the behavior problems. And the lecturer was Dr. Margie Sherrick, who's one of my great heroes. She changed my entire life. (laughs) She's one of the
0: best people on the planet.
2: She amazing and a very fun and powerful lecturer and a great person to boot. And at the end, she said to this room full of cat vets who wanted to go to days worth of just cat lectures. So you're like the creme de la creme of Ooh, cat crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, she said, do you guys know the number one cause of death for cats? So and right. I raised my hand thinking kidney failure. Like that's no sure. wrong.
1: Euthanasia wrong. for like behavior.
2: Yes. The number one cause mm, of death yeah. by an order of that's magnitude so is being unwanted. So, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, and I think a lot of there's so much more exploration that can be done. I need like a, um, uh, someone in sociology or something that wants to look at all this. But I think that in a lot of households that I know of, one of the people is really into the cat and the other, maybe not so yes. much.
1: Yes.
2: And yeah. it's for the not so much person that when the bad behavior reaches some sort of threshold, yep. they're like, I'm just done Yep. Yeah, And the cat yeah. goes back to the shelter.
0: And that takes an impact. <laughs> that's like an impact on everybody, right? Like, because I, I think one, an individual feels like a failure. And I'm not going to lie. Like, a cat that's being all over your house, I, I'm not going to tell you that's not problematic. I mean, if you've got kids, you know, and your cat it's is at them. And, you know, I've seen parents come into the hospital with cats and they want the cat declawed a fully grown adult declawed and they have this toddler who's, you know, got scratches within inches or, or centimeters of their eyeballs. So you are empathetic to this situation. Like you can understand how difficult this behavior, um, is, 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 and it's damaging the human animal bond. It's not what people want. It's not what they intended. So there's heartbreak on all sides. Like no one really,
2: you know, right. Exactly. Like straight up, you failed. Yeah. And you can blame it on the cat. But I don't think anybody feels proud when they go back to the shelter and say, like, you got to take this cat or goes to the vet and says, please euthanize this cat. I can't do this anymore. That's bad for everyone. And the thing is, in many, many, many cases, this does not have to happen. And when I put all those pieces together in my little brain sitting there, I was like, whoa, we're not treating the number one cause of death. We know (laughs) in large part, why it happens. And fixing it seems really not that hard to me. Little did I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but like, let's just give them back, hunt, catch, play, multiple small meals a day. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And why isn't anyone doing that? So like from my, like I joked when we started today, American judgy brain, I was like, why isn't, you know, insert big food company? Why aren't they doing it? Why, you know, this is crazy. And then I thought, I went to Penn. I was like, well, why isn't Penn doing this? And then a little voice came inside my head that said, "Um, hey, well, my voice is not nice to me. My, my voice curses at me, but I won't <laughs> say what it said to me. It said, hey, not nice word. Why don't you fix it? And I was like, huh, this is all driving home from the conference. My head is a busy place. Um, and I was like, huh, okay. So if I was going to fix it, what would I do? And I started thinking through the process and I got home. It was about a two hour drive from the conference back to my home in Philadelphia. And, um, I had little kids at the time. They're like, mommy, mommy. And I was like, wait a minute, I have to write this down. And I drew a little picture and I wrote down all my instructions. And then I went and, you know, started interacting with my family because I was like, like, that's nice. How are you going to do that? Because I feel that cat ownership has been, an exercise in um, arts and crafts. And like if you go back to 2010, 2012, 13, 14, this is before the brilliant Kate Benjamin really had all her lovely things out. And if you wanted to have something functional for your cat, you were, you could look it up on the internet and get a hack of how to make it out of like an egg carton toilet paper roll and duct tape and, you know, but that's not sustainable. That's not how you change. That's not how you change the world. And uh, I really did want to change the world. And I thought, well, if you're going to do that, you need a thing someone can buy as simple as possible with the instructions as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. So so people are motivated to try it and the cat's going to get it. And here's the one thing I didn't, I knew, but I didn't really embrace enough um, which is, I don't know, a good thing and a bad thing. But human beings like immediate gratification. Yeah. So if you go and you buy a bone for a Labrador Retriever or a Golden Retriever or most dogs, you come home with the thing that you just paid for. And they are dancing around and mm-hmm. jumping and they're so excited and you give it to them and they're so happy. And you, inside your brain, if it's as busy a place as mine, you are like, I am a good person.
1: Today, i am so yeah nailed it. nailed it
2: nailed <laughs> yeah. it i'm smart and that was great and my dog's happy when you bring something home new for a cat because we don't understand cats yep. they like the box yes. and they they look at the thing they sniff it and walk away and they want the box That's and so... we think see i'm an idiot again i so uh Really you have to start before the hunt catch play with cats are solitary hunters that are made to hunt and eat alone. So no one is ever coming to rescue them. So any new thing in their environment, their brain says, that's gonna kill me. And so we have to figure out ways to make human beings be patient and teach them how to introduce new things to a cat with incentives like smell, and food, and patience, and alone time.
0: So I wanna, I wanna hone in on something that you said, like you've mentioned twice in in different ways, and that is, cats catch several small meals a day, eight to twelve. You said right, in maybe even if they're not hungry, yeah. And it's because they don't go and take down a huge meal that they can go back and eat on later. And it's also because they don't work in packs to hunt. They're individual hunters. And then you also said they're individual eaters. And yeah. I think that's such an important thing for people because I, I have so many of my clients say, like, I think my cat wants another cat. I think they want mm-hmm. someone to play with. I think if I get another cat, they'll have company. And it's not to say that, you know, especially if you get litter mates and they're bonded and, and then they do the cute snuggle thing. But, like, my cats have lived together for seven, ten years, and could care less about each other. If they nose boop, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. If they're laying within five feet of each other, it's a huge deal. There's no co-grooming. There's no co-sleeping. They're not a bonded pair. And people make that huge mistake. And so I think it's just important for people I, – I guess I'm monologuing about it in the way that, like, if you have two, four, 10, 50 cats – this still applies to you.
2: Yeah, and that's something that's, I, it turns out that this, so I've been doing this since 2014. And By this, I mean inventing things for cats and trying to help people understand their cats. What it's really been is an incredible exercise in understanding human behavior. And it turns out that human beings are really bad at thinking that anything works any way different than themselves and that's like a it's kind of a showstopper but even like okay so you know this is what i eat on this holiday and i hear someone else eats something else or doesn't even celebrate that holiday and i'm like ew that's weird yeah ew yeah like, <laughs> i
0: was shocked when i found out everybody else said Z, and we're the only ones that say z and i right? wanted and to. It's like, i was well into my 30s
2: and it turns your world <laughs> upside down you're like i can't live like this so when, my when life we, is a lie, right? <laughs> and we—it's—it's it's, it's, there's, there's really cool studies about dogs that humans are most humans are most attracted to the dogs that use their eyebrows the most.
1: Ooh, I love eyebrows on dogs. Right? It's my favorite thing we,
2: ever.
0: We think make expressions,
2: right? Oh. We think we understand what they're doing and saying when they move their eyebrows oh, all they, around. Yeah because that's oh, the I most human. So, so understanding that cats here's the here's the fact and people are like, "No, it's not." But the, the, it is the fact. I did not discover it or invent it. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> but cats are solitary hunters. That means they want to hunt and eat alone. In yeah. nature, yeah. they live alone unless yeah. there's like here's the unless. <laughs> If there's enough food every single day and there's enough places to get shelter and safety every single day, they may choose to live with other related siblings. And that only means moms and moms and kittens that grew up together. So if you then introduce a new female or male cat that didn't sort of happen to grow up in this familial group the the cats in the family see that as that gives us one less meal to eat and that gives us one less safe place to hide you can get yourself right out of here yeah, they're not exactly programmed. Yeah. yeah
0: we see that happen when you bring home a new cat that you think oh they're going to be in love and then all of a sudden they're literally out to kill
2: <laughs> right so we got to know that they're programmed straight away to say i hate you I yeah. hate yeah. you, and not just I hate you. Like you threaten yeah. my right. ability to survive. Yeah.
0: Right, my very existence. Yeah,
1: I'm offended. Well, yeah, <laughs> that you and, exist.
0: You know, I've heard this example of like, well, imagine if you came home and your partner was like, or your roommate was like, "Oh, here, meet so and so." they're going to live here now too Mm-mm. you're going to have those same thoughts like Mm-mm. well who are they paying rent are they buying their own groceries are they contributing to the house where are they going to sleep you would literally run through the same list of, of questions and so to your point dr liz like the idea that we think about things any differently than ourselves you know it, it we would feel the exact same way we would have a threat for our resources
2: yes, yes. Yes. And I think that's the way to really think about it is it's not like when we when we think, because what, what we're really saying is I want another cat. So I'm going to justify it. And like, that's cool. Own it. <laughs> yeah. Own sure. it. Own all um, the cats. I hate all the cats. They're so cute. I need another one. And so we in our brains, the first thing we go to is it's going to be oh, like I hang out with my best friend and that's so awesome. They're going to hang out with their best friend and that's going to be awesome. But but that the likelihood of that is very, very small. And (laughs) the likelihood is much higher that they would see it as um, my husband just brought home a sister wife for me that I did not say I wanted, (laughs) who eats a lot and is messy and is going to take my stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
2: So and
0: that's terrifying. (laughs) It's terrifying. <laughs> you really would, like, you can imagine the reaction that you would have to that. So, okay. Single cat, multi cat, you have the answer and, and you've kind of mentioned it in their own instinctual ways. If they're outside, what about when they're inside? How, what was your discovery to fix this?
2: So how can we do that? How can we hunt, catch, play multiple small meals a day? So I took from nature, the shape of a mouse And I wanted to have the, and I really don't think the cat cares about the shape just FYI. Um, uh, we wanted to, I wanted to have the skin feel on it. So the cat, if they have nails and teeth, they can use those to really interact with the object. So I put a fabric skin around that that's, um, and I did a lot I have pictures of me all over a fabric row in New York city, you know, whatever years ago um i did a lot of work trying making sure that it was a fabric that wouldn't pull or run i tried to think of all the ways that cats <laughs> get themselves into trouble I like can how can i make sure
1: being in new york and having like you know there's like fashion fashion week and they're like i need this satin and you're like what i really need is something a cat could bite and think it was mouse do, flesh do what do you have mouse
2: coating <laughs> it it's harder feels, than you think
1: anything that feels like skin imagine the looks <laughs> <if> you would like, <laughs> What's the closest thing you have to real flesh? <laughs> you said, know. Like walking
0: through the gym kind of pulling on people's
2: yoga pants really for a, a friend. And I walked around with a with a pin that I would like rake over the fabric <laughs> like a cat claw and they're like lady seriously I'm like but this is the important thing um Uh, And so I got it so it would have some sort of feel of tension that the cat could really get into. But but I wanted the inside to be sanitary. So I made a plastic insert that's BPA free and food safe and super light and washable in the dishwasher that goes inside. Um, And then this is the part that everybody misses. There's lots and lots of puzzle toys now on the market. There didn't used to be. Um, but now there's lots of puzzle toys. But what none of them have, except mine, is the instruction of how to teach your cat to find it. So you don't just put it on your kitchen floor. You do to start. But ultimately, what your cat wants is to hunt, and that means seeking something out to engage that their um, sense of smell and that that thrill of the finding is really important to them. And then when they, you know, quote unquote, catch it that they then get to play with it to get the small meal out. Um, And then it's sold in a package of three. So you do three before you go to work and three before you go to bed for each cat. And so now, not if you have a multi-cat household, our minds, again, go right to, well, then I need a buffet to feed a lot of people. I'm going to need a buffet. So I'm going to line up all this stuff in my kitchen. But what you've done is you've made them interact in a way that if they all have to be in the buffet line together and they hate each other for cats, that is like awful, awful. So you might have cats fighting in your living room or peeing outside the litter box because you asked them to be in the buffet line together. We have to really think like a cat. So not only did each cat needs to hunt, catch, and play with multiple small meals a day, and each cat needs to be able to do it in a separate location than the other cats. So in most households, it really—I have two cats, and it works fine for them to be hunting together. But if people are super concerned about it, you can put them each in their own room for a little while, like an hour, two hours, even thirty minutes. If you hit them pretty easily, is anything is better than the bowl? All of the human pushbacks are using human logic. When you use cat logic, there's—it's kind of the way nature's doing it.
0: You know, the, the the most common human pushback that I've heard so far, um, and I know all the answers to these because I'm a huge fan of these. In fact, um, go if you go and watch my Base Paws lives, they were in the background on my desk <laughs> because I keep them in my office because <laughs> um, I show them to clients so frequently. Um, there is... Okay, biggest pushback. You already said multi-cat households. Get over it. It's not that big a deal. They're all fine. Um, Two, what about my cat eats wet food?
2: So that one was a really tough one. And um, it's not the portion of food that's important if it's small enough. Like more hunting attempts is better. So, some people, when I first launched the product, would feed their wet food the way they normally did, and then even just put one freeze dried piece of chicken in the, the hunting feeders to give their cat a chance to hunt. But I just launched the new wet feeder that, um, and it's, I love people. Now it doesn't even hurt my feelings anymore. In the beginning, I was like, why don't they understand? And I'm like, oh, no, no, none of them are going to understand. I'm in a much more healthy place with it, but I try to force people to do things for the cat. I make products for cats that people I hope will think are adorable and understand. I don't make products for people. And that makes me really different and really um, shooting myself in my fuzzy little face. But um, so in the wet feeder, it is more like a soft cat, uh, mouse shaped soap dish and the inside of the the concave part has little raised nubbies, but it's small because I only want the person to put a tablespoon of food in there. And I say, lovingly squish it into the nubbies. And um, in the beginning, you can just put it down in your kitchen. I'm not a wet food, natural person. It's really hard for me. I think it's kind of disgusting and the smell makes me gag. So I don't really, for me, I don't want it around my house. I just put it in different locations in the kitchen. Um, but if it if it's, doesn't bother you, put it in the bathroom, put it like, you know, you, we can get creative in so many ways. You can have a, um, like a big Tupperware bin and you can put it in there in another room in your house. Giving your cat that way to explore and be re- re- rewarded with an interactive eating process is kind of everything.
0: Yeah, it's it's really just the sniffing finding. You can also do things like catnip, right? Or their everyday treats. This is not about, like you said, if if, if they're on a prescription diet, if they have to eat out of a measured bowl with a microchip, things like that there is still a way to interact with these hunting or, you know, of course we love your, your products. And, 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 you know, that's of course what we're recommending, but there's ways to do this. Like even just hiding a few things around the house or putting it in a paper towel roll, if that's your only option. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I tried,
2: I tried to make mine as cheaply as possible while still providing quality. So you can get them for under $20, but, um, but yes, I, whatever you want to use, um, get them hunting for their food. People want to eat. And me too. Like, I am really bad. I would eat laying down um, every meal if I could, covered in a blanket. Just ask my husband. I actually, uh,
0: believe, I've been on enough meetings with you to believe that
2: about you. Yeah, I know. I do believe that about you. I am cozy. Um, and so we, go again, go do, like, you're going to make your cat work for its food. That is so mean it's actually mean to feed them from a bowl. I'm calling it out. I feel comfortable enough saying that now that's actually mean. Um, If you put one piece of kibble in each feeder and hid all of the food, that is actually what your cat really wants. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so, okay. With the time we have left, I kind of want to go back to the behavior aspect of this because When I'm talking to clients who are having behavioral issues, and you've said it, like going to the bathroom outside the litter box, maybe they're attacking your ankles, maybe they attack your feet at night, maybe they're waking you up at 4 a.m., just um, kind of run us through a little bit about, like, what these behaviors are that are related to their improper feeding right now, you know, when people are just feeding out of the bowl, and why that hunting fixes it.
2: So we use the word stress a lot and I I don't I'm still working on great ways to um, to describe all of these things. But uh, I think the pandemic and human captivity has been a good example. Um, When you in the beginning of the pandemic, most of us couldn't go out at all unless we really had to. And after a few days, like you get nuts and you might start to even get a stomach ache and diarrhea or feel nauseous, or feel like you have to eat all the time, says Dr. Liz, who ate all the time. Um, Or or you might be so short-tempered, you're like, I would literally kill someone right now just to be able to have dinner in a restaurant. So we, we actually get physical consequences from being denied our natural behaviors. And in cats, that, and, and there's lots of great data and I can get you articles or whatever you want on, on all this stuff, but there's lots of great data on how when the stress hormones are released, even appropriately, that it causes GI upset, it can cause skin disease, it can make you more likely to get viruses like how cats will have upper respiratory viruses. Um, uh, all Basically all of the, um, most common diseases that we see in cats are related in indoor cats are related to stress. And there's articles, um, about now, now I'm, um, kind of doing what I say people do, but I'm, I am a human. So, but there are articles on human beings. Um, Holocaust survivors have a much higher, um, incidence of thyroid disease and cancer. It's, it's really interesting when you look at populations, over a lifetime that have been exposed to enormous stress the the diseases that are more common in those populations and a lot of this study in research has not been done in cats for instance long-term illnesses like why are so many cats hyperthyroid i know that there's some environmental factors there might be some factors in the food but does this play a role if you have a hyper stimulated
0: cortisol yeah
2: yeah. right like if you're you're the stimulation of the cortisol is from the adrenal hypothalamic pituitary axis um and that's also where thyroid stimulating hormone comes from like what other long-term things are really related to denying natural instinct um, well, we
0: know like about adrenal fatigue in people like we know you can only run at a level of stress for so long Right. And zoos right.
2: have been working yeah. on this for a long time. I just got an email from someone through LinkedIn who is um, she cares for the elephants at a, a zoo in America in the US. And mm-hmm. they um, they do uh, enrichment feeding all the time. Yeah, the big cats, you almost never will see someone just plop down food for a big cat. They're always right. putting, you know, the, the behavior of eating is incredibly important. Yeah. And with peeing outside the litter box. Humans, the way we like decode information is cause and effect. So if we see pee or poop outside the litter box, we're looking right in that like one square foot area for what caused for it. For a problem, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and what we always do, someone somewhere said it's smell, and so we're like, oh, it must have been another cat peed here a long time ago, or I gotta yeah, get yeah. the smell out, or It just, for the most part, it really doesn't work that way for cats they can have their stress completely unrelated to the location where they choose to pee outside the litter box. That's really hard for people to understand. And so that's where I go back to the, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. You just need to know. Yes, your cat. Yes, every cat needs to hunt, catch and play with multiple small meals a day. They need places to climb. They need places to hide. They need big enough litter boxes that are easy enough to get to in multiple locations in the house. And and they just need those things. They need water in a separate location than their food. And if you provide those, I call it the minimum requirements, then it you don't have to decode the problem because you're going to fix it. That just fixes the problem. Yeah, because it's what they
0: need. It's minimum. And I think this all plays into me. The bottom line of one of my biggest pet peeves is hearing people say cats are low-maintenance. It's, right. It, it's just one of the most frustrating things for me to hear because I think people yeah, such do myth. get that. Yeah. F- right. That like you get this cat, you plunk down some food, you plunk down some water, you change it every three days, you scoop the litter box every week, you oh. know, and, and here's your easy peasy pet. Because you have a need for companionship, you have needs and wants, and then those of the pet are never considered. And I, I think that cats really sometimes catch the brunt of that.
2: And you know, I I think we gotta work with humans as much as we have to work with the animals. And I don't think cats are hard. I think we didn't do a good job of explaining what they need, because if you do it our way. It doesn't, it might, instead of 30 seconds a day of cat care, it might be two minutes and 40 seconds of cat care. Yeah. I'm not talking about going out for a half hour walk. I'm not, that I like, it's still easy. This is still low. I'm not going to say low maintenance. It's still low effort. You just have to understand what they need and give it to them um, and keep it up. And, and it's not going to take you a ton of time. It's not a huge commitment and isn't it easier to put three mice around your living room than to clean up cat pee on your pillow? I mean, right?
0: Vomit every every day on your kitchen table or wherever they decide to puke. or Yeah, I mean, it... and you're going to, again, that human-animal bond is affected. You feel good. when I, I have clients who get to the point where they're like, I knew he wasn't going to find it. I hid it on the top of the bookcase, behind the books. Next thing I know, books are flying. You know, like yeah become a challenge because they're just sure their their pet is not going to be able to find it in this one place.
2: Um And, and it becomes I think that makes like a the human animal bond so exciting. Yeah, because you know what we we've sort of gotten lulled into that an animal is is a glorified stuffed animal. Like with right. people, we don't we don't want to challenge ourselves to understand them. We just want them to meet our every need and. Kind of like in a relationship that might seem cool in the beginning, but then yeah. like for me, that guy would be boring. Right, um, right, I think it's fun and exciting to understand difference and how to meet the need. Um, I think you put it really well, Becky. The, the human animal bond is a two way street. It is not a bond does not mean you meet my every need and I let you stay around. Yeah, right. 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 We, right. we need to care for each other. And one of the things that's so exciting is through that example of a cat, it might help your, all your relationships. If you start to say, oh, like I always give you a sweater for Christmas cause I want a sweater for Christmas. Yeah. But what you actually want. Um, right. You I don't know. I hate sweaters. Yeah. You hate sweaters. I didn't know. I didn't get that. Like it's, yeah. it's a lot of emotional growth tied up in a pretty simple relationship and if it works for you and your cat it might work for you and other creatures in your life that you love
0: yeah i say that about positive reinforcement training all the time so it makes sense you know like just seeing people for where they're at and meeting them where they're at for their needs um where can people go to listen to more of your brilliance and to find your products and to learn more about this two-way street
2: So DocLizBales.com or DocAndPhoebe.com and on all those social channels, all those things, uh, I write for all kinds of things. So you can just Google and read about me until you fall asleep. Um, (laughs) And you can find Doc and Phoebe products on on, hopefully at your local pet store because that's number one. I want to support the local guys who are really trying hard to make it. If they're not there, um, and also your veterinarian, I call this the feline behavior pharmacy. Let's reach for this before the Prozac. Um, uh, And if they're not in those two places, which I hope they are, you can get them on Amazon and you can get them on target.com and chewy.com.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So you can get them... At some pretty major retailers and hopefully in your local places, um, support local business right now, especially with COVID. And, you know, on top of that, support women entrepreneurs like Dr. Williams yeah. who are out there changing the world, uplifting cats, uplifting women, uplifting the veterinary industry, and a very busy woman. On top of that, you're a mom. You got stuff going on, so thank you so much for taking the time this morning to hang out with us, uh, for being here, and for literally changing the world through educating to get, you know, cats to have a
2: happier, healthier life. It's a fun job. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate um, how you also are lifting everybody up and sharing the messages. You guys are rock stars.
0: We appreciate that. If uh, you get a chance, go over to our social media to show us your cat playing with enrichment toys. Uh, We basically just want to see kitties playing with toys and eating food and being (laughs) kitties. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Making Sense of Pets. And you can email us or Ryan. Tell him you hope he feels better. He wants to hear from you at Making Sense of Pets at gmail.com. I got to come
2: back when
1: Ryan's here. Yeah, you, you do. totally you do. do. I'm sure he misses out on all this fun stuff. Uh, and if you want to listen, like, comment, and give us a five-star review, nothing less, of
0: course, <laughs>
1: uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Get to it. And throw that cat feeder bowl in the trash right now.
0: Gone. Right meow. Right right Meow. meow. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. That's it. Oh mm.